Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 108. I love talking Royal Caribbean, and this week, I want to talk Royal Caribbean with all of you as we dive into the emails many of you have sent to me, and we answer as many of them as we can in this week's episode. We'll talk about dining, which ships to choose, shore excursions, and a whole lot more. Here we go. I love talking Royal Caribbean with other fans who really get it. And for this week's episode, I want to dedicate to all of you that have taken time to send me emails all about taking a Royal Caribbean cruise. Now, the Royal Caribbean blog inbox has been getting rather full lately, so I want to dedicate all of this week's episode to answering your emails and questions. After all, if you take the time to write the emails, I think you expect to get an answer in a timely fashion. And so I want to make sure that we're doing that on our part. And I really appreciate everybody who's sending emails. If you want to have your email included in an upcoming episode, you absolutely can. Just send an email to matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Now, first and foremost, we're going to start actually with a iTunes review. I like to read the iTunes reviews that people leave over on iTunes. It's because, A, it's my way of saying thank you for taking the time to write the review. And, B, these reviews really help other people discover the podcast. It's one of the few ways that we, as, as a podcast, have control over kind of advertising the podcast, if you will, to other people and people finding it, because, of course, the more highly rated the podcast is, the more likely it is for other people to find it. And I know that so many of you really enjoy the show, so the best thing you can do to give back, other than becoming a millionaire and donating your millions to to the podcast, which is probably not likely to happen, although I would welcome it, the second best thing is leaving an iTunes review. We're going to start with an iTunes review we have from Tom Sands, who writes, If you ever consider going on a Royal Caribbean cruise, you would better listen to Matt's podcast. If you ever consider going on any cruise, you'll be much better off by listening to Matt's podcast. If you just want to have 30 minutes of guaranteed pure enjoyment each week, listen to Matt's podcast. I love, uh, I have listened to the Royal Caribbean blog podcast since it began two years ago and would never miss an episode. I have never been on a cruise with Royal Caribbean, but probably know as many facts about this cruise line than all the other seasoned Royal Caribbean cruisers, all thanks to Matt and his guests. Matt has a lot of quality information to give us, and he doesn't waste any time providing it in each episode. He does a good job describing the cost and has a fantastic job describing the pleasure that every activity will bring you. Matt's exuberance and joy are infectious. I find myself smiling every time I listen to this podcast. I've learned so much about the Royal Caribbean cruising and cruising in general. I know that I'll get much more out of it in future vacations. Thanks for everything, Matt. You are doing a great service for so many of us. Wow, Tom, that is awesome. By the way, I love the intro. I think it's the best intro i've read in quite a while so thank you very much that's awesome of course you can leave your reviews on itunes and i'll be sure to read them all right let's jump into the email inbox this week and our first email this week is from david from peoria arizona who writes matt thanks to the royal caribbean blog podcast and blog of course i've been listening for a while in fact and you answered my question about selecting a royal caribbean cruise in episode 35 i finally put your advice to use About a month ago, we were about to leave for a Disney cruise on the seven-day Western on the Fantasy. We didn't want to come back without something else planned. Maybe you know this feeling. (laughs) Yes, I do. So to avoid any end-of-cruise sadness before we left, we booked an 11-night Southern Caribbean holiday cruise in December 2016 on Navigator this season. We love Disney, but decided to save the money and try Royal Caribbean for the second time in 24 years. We also liked the itinerary in the ship. I know it's been a long time off, but... I'm already busy researching things and trying to learn as much as I can. I'll keep you updated with interesting things I learn along the way. First thing I found out was when I reached out to Crown Anchor Society after sending them some pictures and an old CPAS cards, they had granted my wife and I credit for our 1992 cruise on the Viking Serenade. It was only four nights, so four points, but we're also now gold and every little bit helps. Royal Caribbean was also very helpful with inquiry and only took a week or so after we'd sent our scans to be enrolled and get the points. 
Let me know if you have any interest in cruise compasses or pictures from a 1992 Viking Serenade cruise off the California coast to San Pedro, San Diego, Catalina, and Sonata and San Pedro. I've already gone back and re-listened to your Navigator trip report shows and was happy to hear your comments live yesterday about Navigator during the 100th episode show. Naturally, we are excited, and as weird as it sounds, I wanted to share with someone who I never met yet understands the excitement. Thanks for all you do. David, I was with you every word of that email. There's been many times we've booked a cruise, and it's like, you know, when you book a cruise, it's like, hey, it is exciting, awesome. And then you realize it's like, well, however long away, maybe it's a year, maybe it's six months, maybe it's two weeks, but no matter what, it always seems like it's just way too far off, and you need something else. You need something else to get you past it, and inevitably, we succumb to the well, we could probably do one more cruise. That that wouldn't that wouldn't hurt us too much, right? I mean, you know, working until I'm 78 isn't a big deal, right? <laughs> but it's it's great. I'm I'm happy to hear that you pick Navigator. It's a beautiful ship, as you probably know, David. I am a big fan of Navigator. This is I think their refurbishment has done wonders for the ship, and it's really helped quite a bit. So I think you're gonna love it. It's a great ship. I have I could not have picked a better option for you, I think. And of course, in terms of your email, hey. If you want to take the time to scan in a 1992 Viking Serenade cruise compass, I'll be happy to post it on the website. Just email it to uh, Matt, M-E-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And that goes for anybody. If you have a cruise compass, just scan it in, save it as a PDF, send it over to me. I'm happy to post it. And, of course, thank you for taking the time to do that. Great email, David. Glad you're, you're giving Royal Caribbean a try after 24 years. <laughs> Better late than never. Awesome. Well, let us know how it goes, and I'm looking forward to hearing more from you, David. Next, we have an email from... Uh, Susan, who I just finished listening to episode 101, great as usual. I was surprised to listen to you read both my emails on St. Thomas and my iTunes review. Yes, I am cruising with Susan. I started writing a blog with the encouragement of my husband and son last year. Originally, I wrote it as a way of communicating information for the group cruise I organized. I know that I should post more frequently, but family issues have taken me away from it for a while. At the request of some old friends, I organized a group cruise of my high school class from 1969. We have 25 people, 8 classmates, the rest family members, cruising on Independence of the Seas in September. I'm excited and scared for this cruise. Excited to see some friends that I haven't seen since 1969. Scared that, it'll be, that they will be complaining to me if things go wrong. There are two women in the group who have had some mobility issues, not enough for walkers or wheelchairs, and I'm concerned about that Indy will be too big for them. My husband and I have been on Liberty of the Seas as well as the Oasis of the Seas and a couple of Voyager class ships, and we've never had a problem getting around. We chose the Independence of the Seas for the wow factor and the price point, the Western Caribbean because of Labity. I showed some of them the video I made coming down the zipline, and they want to try it. We were also very enthusiastic about Stingray City, and several of us want to join us for that excursion too. My husband and I will be on Independence of the Seas before the group. Uh, we're actually doing back-to-back cruises and hope to plan a few surprises for the group. Did you have any special activities that you would plan for your group cruise? I really want to schedule much. I don't want to schedule much of anything, but I feel that we should do a couple things as a group. Maybe a mini golf tournament, shuffleboard tournament, trivia team. I'm not scheduling any meal times together to allow people to form their own times and locations as they want. Do you know if we can get a block of tickets for the ice show for the group? On the Explorer of the Seas, we just reported at certain shows assigned by our muster station. On the Liberty Adventure of the Seas, we had to pick up tickets, and the Oasis was pre-planned. By the way, we did the tram in St. Thomas back in 1997, and we were on our first cruise with our 10-year-old son. It was a beautiful perspective, not much to do at the time, but the look at the view. It would be a good thing to do with the family in addition to doing another excursion. So this is a great email, and I think a lot of people you know, think about doing something like a group cruise. Maybe you're doing with a high school class, people will to do it with extended family. Regardless, if you're doing a group cruise, it can be a lot of fun because, of course, you get to have a lot of your friends and family join you on one cruise while you're all there together, and it's obviously... 
uh, fun and, and constructive way to spend a week together. But I, I think a lot of people do have that concern that you have. First of all, of people, let's start with the beginning. First, you have mobility issues. I think in world championships are especially good with dealing with anyone who has mobility issues, whether you're just slow going or you need the use of a wheelchair or some sort of a ECV. Regardless, I mean, there are lots of stairs, yes, but there are also elevators to help you get around so you don't have to ever feel like you can't get access to a certain point. There's always an elevator to get you somewhere. So I'm not too worried about that. I mean, there's lots of wide hallways. That shouldn't be an issue. And I think that as long as your friends here kind of understand that, you know, it may take them a little longer to get from point A to point B, depending on where they're going. You know, that would be kind of an understanding they need to go in with. Also, I would recommend perhaps getting your friends who have the mobility issues a stateroom near an elevator. And I would originally I was going to say, well, you should pick a stateroom maybe in the middle of the ship, you know, have a central location. But I think actually it's better to be near an elevator rather than having them, you know, no matter where they're going, they have to walk across halfway across the deck. By having an elevator at least 50% of the time, theoretically at least, they'll be always near an elevator and then a short walk back to their stateroom. I found that when I have staterooms near an elevator, from just a pure convenience standpoint, I really enjoyed it because I always felt like, boom, because we got an elevator, I was there. And you can always make, you know, shortcuts or cut across the ship on major public decks where the areas are much wider. Like, I would always use either the Royal Promenade or the pool decks because there were lots of space to walk around and, and there's much more interesting things to look at than stateroom doors. So, you know, from that standpoint, it made a lot of sense. So I think that's probably the way that I would go about it. In terms of events, we did do a lot of events on the Quantum of the Seas group cruise. We did a pub crawl. We did a stateroom tour. That's always a fun one. You know, basically everybody shares their staterooms. You go in and see different kinds of categories of staterooms. We basically did different meetups to hang out. We did a lunch at Azumi one day. That was a an impromptu thing where we were just all hanging out. We're like, let's go to Azumi for lunch. Sure, why not? And we did that. So I think it's a good idea. I think you have the right idea in that, you know, plan a couple of them. I love the idea of the trivia team. That's a really fun one. Shuffleboard tournament, mini golf tournament. Sure, just do a couple ones, you know, maybe one a day at the most and leave everything else open. And if you guys want to hang out, great you can do more things together if not you can all do you know you'll be separating and there's no pressure necessarily to you know continue to do you know event after event after event i think you've got the right idea with all that so i think you're on for a great cruise i think you picked a wonderful ship and i'm looking forward to hearing it. by the way susan's blog is cruisingwithsusan.wordpress.com and that's cruising without a g so c-r-u-s-i-n with susan.wordpress.com thank you susan appreciate the email and, of course, Susan mentioned the group cruise, and I'm obliged to mention the next Royal Caribbean blog, Group Cruise, which is on Allure of the Seas. That's coming up in February 2016. I'd love for as many of you to join us as possible. That's going to be on Allure of the Seas, the world's largest cruise ship. On February 21st, 2016, we're going on Western Caribbean, so we'll be leaving from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, going to Labadee, Falmouth, and Cozumel. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to have lots of group events, just like we did on Quantum. We haven't come up with the list yet. Still working on it. But it's going to be a great time. It's such a fun time on Quantum of the Seas. I know that there's some people coming back from our Quantum Group Cruise from there. We've also got some new faces joining us as well. It's going to be fabulous. And I, I really hope as many of you as possible can join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you want more details about the Allure of the Seas Group Cruise, go to royalcaribbeanblog.com. You can actually go right to the top of the page. You'll see a link there for our show, for our group cruise. Or go to our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com for this episode. And I will have a link to the group cruise right there for you to join us. There's, you can get a no obligation quote. Just see how much it costs. Maybe just reserve a spot. 
And you never know, right? And it, maybe this is your way of going back to our first email today. Maybe this is your way of, you know, <laughs> having another cruise in your repertoire to look forward to before maybe the other cruise you have booked for, you know, a year or two years from now. So, hey, I'm here to help. <laughs> I'm your enabler. So if you want more detailed information, again, our group cruise, Allure of the Seas. I cannot wait for this. I am so excited for it. Oh, man, is it February 2016 yet? Well, let me just sit here and wait. It's not. All right, let's go to our next email. Then I guess we're going to go to our next email, and it's from Garrett. Right, so we had an absolutely phenomenal time on our Grandeur of the Seas cruise. We sailed out of Baltimore to Bermuda and spent about two and a half days there in port, then right back to Baltimore. For your listeners who haven't done a sailing, when you spend an extended period of time in a single port, I highly recommend it. It's hard to truly experience a place and its culture in just an eight-hour stopover. This is our second trip to Bermuda, and aboard Grandeur of the Seas, we still found new places to explore. This was the first time we made it to St. George's, and I think it's one of the best places in the Caribbean I've ever been. Extended stays in a single port tend to also eliminate all the lines to get on and off the ship because people will come mostly as they please. There isn't the normal mad rushes I've seen in other ports. Also, for those of your listeners who haven't had the pleasure of sailing from Baltimore, you are missing out as well. We're local to the area, so it's easy for us. And while the city itself doesn't have a whole lot going on for it, it's the best port I've ever sold out of. Arrival was quick. We never waited in a single line except for a few minutes in security. Departure was exactly 14 minutes from the time our baggage number was called until we were curbside waiting for our ride. That included getting off the ship, customs, and baggage claim. We had a similar experience two years ago. We made the same trip, still at a Bayonne and Long Beach, and both of these ports have had long lines with lots of waiting. Finally, quick shout out to all the staff at Izumi. I know you're a huge fan, Matt. The food was great, but the staff really makes it. They were helpful, professional, attentive, and even remembered us as we walked around the ship. We ate at specialty dining restaurants aboard Izumi, Chops, and Giovanni's, but went back to Izumi for a second time for their buffet on the way home. Nothing beats all-you-can-eat sushi for $24 a person. They gave us a discount and let our seven-year-old son eat for free. I know I got my money's worth. Love the podcast and the blog. It's my only way I get through the last few weeks leading up to the cruise. We don't currently have another one planned, but that'll soon change. We hit platinum on this cruise, and I have my sights on Emerald. Prop to Sandy over at MEI Travel as well. She's great. Travel agents just make everything so much easier. This is an awesome email, Garrett. And hang on a second. Did you say all you can eat sushi? Dude, all right, hang on. I got to book this Granger of the Seas cruise. I, I, I need to do this. This is I've never heard of this before. That Izumi on any ship has all you can eat sushi for $24 a person. Rest assured, my friends, everyone listening to this podcast, me, Matt Hotchberg, can certainly get $24 worth of sushi out of them. In fact, they're probably going to have to change the deal once I get on because, wow, $24 for all you can eat sushi. I'm not sure if I... I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes talking about this because this is just amazing. I, I love this idea. I have never seen this. I've I've been on a couple of ships that have had a Zoomy, and they've had, you know, it's the usual fare. It's all a cart, and that's usually how it goes, but the fact that they had all you can eat, dude, that's, that's, that is my takeaway from this email. But yeah, I'm pretty impressed by that. But let's talk about some of the other things. First of all, I've never sailed out of Baltimore. I've heard some good things about it. And certainly you're hitting it right on the head there with a lot of different uh, good tips there about sailing out of Baltimore. It sounds great. And uh, certainly it's very drivable for anyone in the Northeast or even the Mid-Atlantic states. You know, it's, I think it's very conveniently located. So that's great to hear. And Grandeur of the Seas, I think, is another underrated Royal Caribbean ship. I haven't sailed on her. But again, it's one of the ships I think that gets a lot of great attention. It seems like something that a lot of people really love, especially people that cruise out of Baltimore a lot. They seem to really gravitate towards Grandeur of the Seas, and they've really fallen in love with her. And this is after Enchantment of the Seas was originally there. 
and they really enjoyed that chip as well. So that's great to hear that you're enjoying, uh, that you enjoyed your your experience there. And I agree about, by the way, if you're doing a cruise that doesn't overnight in any of the ports, that is a wonderful way to see a city because, as Garrett pointed out, there is just so much going on in any city. It doesn't matter which port you are in. It could be the smallest city. It could be a huge city. It could be an island somewhere. The bottom line is there's a lot going on. You can't see it all in eight hours. You can see a little taste of it. But when you're there for an extended period of time, you're absolutely right, Garrett. You get so much more of the city to be able to explore. There's a lot less pressure also to just, you know, okay, we got to get we, we, we got to get back. We got to go see all this and get back before the ship leaves. And when you have a day or two days or two and a half days, as it sounds like you had, Garrett, there's a lot going on there. So that is that is awesome. And, and I we've done a cruise to Bermuda before, and that was a fun experience. And I agree. It's there's something there's it, it's really cool to be able to just come and go as you please, almost like having a floating hotel in a city, and you know, kind of have the best of both worlds, being on a real Caribbean ship, but also being able to explore different areas. And I haven't been to St. George's in uh, Bermuda. I've only been to Hamilton, but I would love to go to St. George's one day. It's of course St. George's is the furthest point from where your ship docks, so it's of course the longest ride there. But if you're there for two and a half days, why not, right? So awesome email, Garrett. All you can eat sushi, really. Wow. Okay, I need to go talk to my wife and book something immediately. There'll be no podcast next week because I'll be eating sushi next week. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> next up, we have an email from Quentin, who writes, Hey, Matt, it's Quinn, and we're also booked on Adventure of the Seas out of San Juan for October 8th, 2016, for an eight-day cruise going to the ABC Islands, Antigua, and St. Martin. It'll be our 10-year anniversary. Is there anything special we can do? I know the only specialty restaurant is Giovanni's Table. My other question is, I heard after we booked it that it's going to be in dry dock between October and November 2016. Is this something we should be worried about, or do they give compensation for the inconvenience? Thank you for everything you do. Keep up the amazing work. First of all, I think you picked a great itinerary. I love cruises out of San Juan. I think it's just one of the best ways to see a lot of different islands that you don't usually get to see on a Caribbean cruise, so I think you picked... I think you chose well, and Adventure is a great ship as well. So let's talk about what you can do special for your anniversary. You already mentioned going to Giovanni's Table. That's always a good one to go to. Obviously, going to a specialty restaurant is just an easy, simple go-to option for something special because it's a little different. I would make sure that also if you're making a reservation for any specialty restaurant for any anniversary or birthday or whatever special occasion, make sure you note at the time of the reservation, hey, it's, you know, it's my wife's birthday, it's our anniversary, whatever the case is. Make sure they they are aware of the celebration. And also, you might want to also mention it when you check in. Be like, hey, we're here for our special anniversary dinner. Hint, hint, you know. You never know what can happen. Who knows? Maybe they won't do anything. But it it helps if they know about it. Otherwise, I mean, I would just do things that, you know, this is a hard question to do because, of course, what is special to somebody is not special to another person. But in general, how about doing a couple's massage at Vitality Spa? That's always a good one. You can go take advantage of that and kind of enjoy maybe a little bit of spa treatments or... If you're the good husband, you take the money that would have been cost for the couple's massage and give your wife like two massages or a massage and a facial or basically let her spend a lot of time at the spa. Maybe send her to the spa for a massage and then to the beauty salon in the spa to get her hair done for that evening. These are all things I think women like. I know Casanova, but (laughs) based on what I've read online and (laughs) you know (laughs) seen in movies that that seems like that's what women enjoy so you can do stuff like that basically you want to do things together maybe a little something different than you might otherwise do perhaps is the day where again you let money be just an object no object and just you know kind of enjoy yourselves and kind of do the things that you're looking to do it depends also if you're in port that might actually be not be a bad idea as well because then you can also take advantage of perhaps 
uh, different resorts that are available there. Maybe there's an all-inclusive resort. Maybe there's a particular shore excursion you've always wanted to do, like maybe uh, parasailing. I don't know what, but do something different. Do something that really kind of stands out there, something you've always wanted to do, and, or just do a favorite, and that can really be a great way to spend a special occasion like an anniversary here. The other question you had about the, the dry dock. So in general, the, the rule is don't worry about dry docks in terms of them impacting your ship. It sounds like your dry dock is coming up after your cruise. I wouldn't worry about it at all. I've, I've talked to people who have cruised on ships the week before a dry dock. It's not like the ship is half ripped up. Trust me, they're there to make sure your vacation experience is amazing. Now, of course, as soon as you get back, they're going to start ripping up the ship, but you shouldn't have any problem at all. I think you're going to have a wonderful time. I wouldn't, the fact there's a dry dock after shouldn't matter. It honestly, it's, it's just a detail and it's not, I really don't anticipate it impacting your cruise at all, Quinn. So have a great time. Love to hear about what you decided to do for your anniversary and also what you decided to do on all these different islands you're visiting. I'm jealous. I love to get out there. And did you know, Quinn, that there's all you can eat buffet at Izumi? My God, how did I not know this? <laughs> I might be harping on this just a little bit. All right, let's move on to our next email of the day. And we have an email from Paul Westbrook, a good friend of mine, who writes, Matt, one of these days I'm going to be taking a vacation day to make a live show. Looking at excursions in St. Martin, Simpson Bay, any comment? And can you see Maho planes from there? Many thanks for everything. Be well, and may your next Labadoozy be your best until the one after that. <laughs> Love that, Paul. Thank you very much. So, St. Martin, Simpson Bay. I have never been there, so I can't really give you any firsthand knowledge of the area, but it looks like you could definitely see planes if you go read some reviews and look at some photos. I mean, it's not the same thing as being on Maho Beach, because Maho Beach is the beach that's right by Princess Juliana Airport. It is directly in the path of where airplanes land, so you are pretty much guaranteed to see airplanes landing on top of you. But over here, it sounds like you may be just seeing planes from a distance, depending on where exactly. But the point is, I think you will enjoy Simpson Bay. It doesn't sound like it's a bad area, but it's not going to be like planes flying overhead, if that makes any sense. So I still think if you want it for that experience, you're going to have to go over to Maho Beach. Unless someone else has a different experience, let me know. You can always email me, matt at Blog. Dot com. And that goes for anything I say. I mean, if, I'm, if I'm reading an email and you've got a great answer for something, hey, I'd love to hear it. Love it. I'm sure the people listening would love to hear it as well. So you can always email me your suggestions, thoughts, shore excursion ideas. Love that. Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Next up, we have an email from Hunter Rains. I have an upcoming 10-night cruise on Anthem of the Seas in January. I'm definitely very excited, but a little apprehensive about a few aspects of the cruise. I'm an Emerald Crown and Anchor member. I earn most of my credits on Allure of the Seas, Liberty of the Seas, and Independence of the Seas, and am a huge fan of the Oasis and Freedom class ships in general. However, I worry a bit about the very low guest satisfaction ratings for the Anthem of the Seas and its little sister, Quantum of the Seas, relative to that, for example, of Allure of the Seas on a popular cruising forum with plenty of critics. <laughs> This will be my girlfriend's first cruise, so it's important that her first Royal Caribbean experience be everything I've built it up to be. A common complaint I've read is the lower level of service on the ship and the absence of the usual youth enthusiasm of the crew. My cabin steward on Independence in January reported that Quantum was not exactly a crew favorite to work on, and I can't help but wonder if this is also true for Anthem and perhaps contributing to these apparently poor experiences. What was your experience with crew on Quantum of the Seas for the podcast group cruise last year? So here's the thing, Hunter. Number one, and this is true for anybody, I take reviews that I read online with a grain of salt and you should as well. And the reason is people find different things very annoying and people I think are not very objective in their results. I think some people give, I mean, how many times have you seen like a one star review? Do you know what a one star review is for? One star review is for like you order from a restaurant, Kung Pao chicken and you get uh, fried 
dumplings. I mean, <laughs> completely wrong or take or, or or it's rotten meat or something. I mean, just basically, I think people are far too harsh on some things and they harp on different things that I think I don't think many people either care about or care that passionately about. And I think that a lot of these reviews about Quantum of the Seas and Anthem of the Seas were based on this whole dynamic dining notion. And certainly when Quantum of the Seas debuted from November 2014 till about January or February 2015, there that was really the dark age for this. And this is when Royal Caribbean was kind of working on, you know, a lot of its uh, offerings and kind of how the ship was going to work. And, and, and by their own admission, they didn't get it right off the bat. Since then, I think they've really improved things quite a bit. On my Quantum of the Seas group, we had a great time. I thought the staff was wonderful, both... Uh, in the dining rooms, in in my my room attendant, I mean everywhere. I mean you got to understand, we were in a situation where we had a norovirus outbreak on our ship, right? So it's it's a really tough thing to deal with, and the crew was wiping down this ship like every five minutes. I've never seen a ship or anywhere wipe down so much because they were just constantly working on it with a smile. By the way, you know this is something that they have to live with, literally. And they were there, and my room attendant was very helpful. Funny story was, one of the days I got one of those color-changing mugs from the pool deck. I had seen them online. I wanted to get one, so I bought one. You know, I drank it and left it in my room. Came back either the later that day or the next day, and it was gone. And I asked my stateroom attendant and said, "What happened to this cup?" And he goes, "Oh, I thought you were done with it. I threw it away." And he was, you know, I told him, of course, I was keeping a souvenir. And he was so apologetic. He actually instructed me to go talk to the bar guy, tell him to drop his name. And long story short, I was I got a free drink out of it with another cup, obviously, and he never touched any of the cups that I that I collected. But they were the service was wonderful, and I don't think that I would worry one bit about the level of service. I think it's been really good. I, I think everyone that's been sailing on Anthem has been. I haven't seen those kinds of reports in quite a while in terms of what first hit Quantum back in the day, so to speak. But I wouldn't worry about that. On to back onto Hunter's email here. Another concern is Dynamic Dining Classic. This is a totally new concept for Royal Caribbean, and there's not a ton of information about it online that I found yet. I'm concerned about the infamous wait times for restaurants that seem to haunt Quantum may spill over to Anthem, even with a supposed guaranteed dining time. It's also frustrating that the dining rotation is not made available to us before the day of the cruise. There are certain restaurants we do not anticipate being to our personal taste like Silk, and we want to be able to plan the specialty restaurants for the nights we would be dining at less desirable included restaurants. Without knowing ahead of time, is it possible to plan It's actually impossible to plan accordingly. As an aside, we're trying Wonderland best in your advice that it's worth the experience. We're very nervous, but excited for the adventure. So a couple things. I have not tried Dynamic Dining Classic. I did dynamic Di- just Dynamic Dining, which, of course, is the Classic wasn't available, though, so I probably would have done that. But Classic is basically rotational dining. This is pretty typical of other cruise lines that do rotational dining, Disney Cruise Lines, when I think of off the bat. You don't know the rotation until you get on there. The good news, though, is, Hunter, I never had any problems making reservations, even last-minute reservations, for specialty dining. The thing with dynamic dining in general, if you're going on any of the quantum class ships and you're doing dynamic dining where you have to make reservations for your complimentary restaurants, just make sure you have reservations in advance. Don't just you know show up to the restaurant. That being said, the same thing holds true for especially restaurants. But in general, again, I really am struggling to think of a time on any ship, quantum or any ship in Royal Caribbean's fleet, where I've shown up for a table and said, hey, can I be seated? And they've sent me away saying, I'm sorry, we're full. I've had times where they said, can you come back in like 10 or 15 minutes or 30 minutes, but never, you know, they've always been very accommodating because it seems like there's always availability at these restaurants, especially for walk-ups. My recommendation for you, Hunter, is when you get on board, look at your rotation, figure out which nights you don't want to dine at and make a reservation. Then you might not get the perfect time you're looking for, but here's my other tip for you, Hunter, is let's say you want, you're, you're dead set at eating at six o'clock, okay? 
whatever reason the case is, you really want to eat at 6, and you look, and, oh, Silk is on Tuesday, you don't want to eat there, so you make a reservation for Jamie's Italian. And Jamie's Italian says, well, sir, we can only get you in at 7 o'clock. And he's like, gosh darn it, Matt told me I could do this. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, if uh, what I would do is say, okay, I'll take 7 o'clock, with the understanding that you might be eating at 7. But then what I would then do is show up at 6. And go to the waiter, to the maitre d', whoever the person is in front there, whatever the t- their title is, and say, hey, I got a reservation for 7 o'clock, but we're here a little early, running ahead of schedule. Is there any way you could seat me? We'll smile, you know, be kind about it. That usually works out. I've done this many, many times. In fact, I did this at Sabor, just on Freedom of the Seas. We, we do this a lot because I book reservations. Just, look, when you're six months out and you're trying to figure out when you're going to be hungry, it's impossible to know. But... You know, you, you, you do your best, but if you're running ahead of schedule or even late, in fact, you can do these kind of things usually work. And again, because they're not usually 100% full in my experience, even at prime times, there's a little bit of leeway there. So try your best. I promise you it's not going to be as bad as you think, and I wouldn't be that worried about it if I were you, truly. So also, Hunter has some more uh, things to talk about. Switching gears to iFly, I understand that each guest can take a one minute turn per cruise. Was it possible to purchase additional time on Quantum of the Seas? Yes, it is, but it will cost you money. You can do private uh, private uh, lessons, essentially, is what it is. Kind of like almost like the Flow Rider. You can do that. That obviously has an additional cost. You can also... Now, this was my experience when I was just I was there one time. And it was one time too many for me. But you can be there one time, and you can... Someone mentioned that, you know, you could kind of like, you know, finagle your way into another free one. You know, be like, hey, I already did this one. Is there any way I could do another one if there's availability in a group? Kind of, you know, almost like on a standby basis. Again, it never hurts to ask. Nothing wrong with it. I wouldn't plan on it, but you never know. Uh, the other hunter goes back and writes, The cruise is calling on San Juan, St. Martin, St. Thomas, and St. Kitts. I have been to each before. Your advice on San Juan is instructive, and your timely post today on St. Thomas was very helpful, too. St. Kitts, however, has me at a bit of a loss. I've only been there once on Celebrity Eclipse in 2012, where, candidly, we were unprepared for the extreme poverty we saw when we got off the ship. It was very uncomfortable for my travel group, and we quickly returned to the solace of our floating first world country. The underdeveloped nature of this port is further emphasized by the relative lack of shore excursions offered by Royal Caribbean there. Do you have any tips or advice for worthwhile or safe excursions? The critical cruise form seems to suggest a day pass at a Marriott resort. We're currently thinking about doing that or considering that day an imaginary sea day. I would tell you, I haven't been to St. Kitts. Actually, this is an email we're getting a lot about recently about going to what to do in St. Kitts. I've heard basically based on some discussions we've had on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com's message boards that St. Kitts isn't exactly the most beautiful port out there. And that sounds like your experience there kind of mirrors what I was reading about. I would do what you did kind of go look at other sites, go to TripAdvisor, go look at, I'll post actually a link in our show notes today, Hunter, on how to find the perfect shore excursion for you. And basically, it's a, no, it's a little bit of strategy in finding the best ones between, and you already hit a big one there by going to Cruise Critic and finding some of the reviews other people have posted there about what to do in various ports. But really, what you're looking to do is just find you know what other people have done and kind of go off those recommendations and what you're interested in doing. And of course, the other thing is, don't overlook the idea of just making it a seat, staying on board the ship. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're not comfortable with what's there at sea or what's there on the port, or perhaps there's nothing really that excites you or whatever the case, spend the day on the ship. It's a great opportunity to be able to enjoy the ship without a lot of people there, especially the pool decks. I mean, it's just going to be a ghost town. You know, just keep that in your back pocket as an option. Don't feel like, yeah, I have to get off the ship. Although I usually have that feeling because I feel obliged to do a little bit of exploring. But a day pass at the Marriott Resort sounds wonderful. So 
Lastly, Hunter has one last point. As you can see, I definitely have new ship jitters after absolutely loving Freedom and the Oasis class so much. How can these perfect ships be topped? These jitters are also possible caused by a bit of analysis paralysis for spending too much time researching online. More than once, I've wondered whether I should have just booked a lawyer this season, but the prospect of cruising of the, on this well-hyped ship combined with the personally intriguing prospect of transitioning from the single-digit temperatures here in January to the warm, sweet embrace of the Caribbean sunshine on the same ship was too much to pass up. That's a great point. I would tell you this, Hunter. Go on the ship. You'll enjoy Anthem. I think you're going to have a great time. I think you need to don't worry so much about what other people say about the ship, especially people that have written on other forums. I've read tons of reviews about this. I've dealt with other people who have come to me and said, Matt, I'm going on, you know, blank of the seas. I've read reviews about it. People are complaining about this. People are complaining about that. Should I change? Should I cancel? What should I do? Don't worry about it. I mean, I can tell you that especially you, Hunter, who's been on Royal Caribbean ships before, you're going to have a great time on board. Royal Caribbean builds these ships to have an amazing experience for all guests. And I promise you that what you're going to find on there is going to probably be very close to your experiences on other ships. I mean, it's still a Royal Caribbean ship. It's still going to feel like a Royal Caribbean ship. It's a little different. It's a different class of ship. So you're going to have different things going on there, especially with dining and kind of the feel of the ship. But I'm, I'm promising you this. It's a great opportunity. I loved my cruise on Quantum of the Seas. If I could go back in time right now and go on Quantum of the Seas, I would absolutely rebook that cruise and go on it again. It was wonderful. It was a lot of fun. I love the idea of being able to cruise out of the Northeast, so I only had to drive to my port. We get, we left literally snowing New Jersey. It was snowing the day before. Went down to the warm waters, and it, it really is a nice feeling. I'll tell you that. No flying. It's a lot less. It's a lot more relaxing, a lot less hectic. I think you're going to have a great time on there, so... Enjoy it, Hunter. I love the email. Thank you for reaching out to us. And I'd love to hear your thoughts, Hunter, when you get back and kind of let me know if you were suffering a little bit from analysis paralysis, as you put it there. I think you're reading a little bit too much into it. Try to take a step back and enjoy the process and understand that you're going to have a great time. I think that's really the 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 best thing you can do is go in with an open mind and just understand that it's still a real gripping cruise and you're going to have a, I think it'll all work out for you. Next up, we have an email from John Burns of Northeast Maryland who writes, Have you heard about the Back to the Future cruise that benefits Parkinson's? Could you mention it since the sales on Royal Caribbean? Always enjoy your show as it's between my cruise fix. Went on Quantum Disease last February and hope to get on Anthem this February. Thanks. That's a great point. There's actually a great cruise called Cruise to End Parkinson's Back to the Future Cruise Oasis of the Seas, November 7th, 2015. So you're going to have to act if you want to go on this. But basically, it's a celebrity cruise. That's they do, There's a lot of these kinds of cruises that kind of go around, you know, the, the little theme cruises, essentially. But I'll post a link in the show notes to this cruise. There's a lot of different special events, like an exclusive behind-the-scenes, never-before-seen presentations, Q&A with Back to the Future celebrities, Dine with the Celebrities, complimentary access for all cruise members to the Cruise Trek Convention at Sea, Enchantment Under the Sea Dance with Harry Waters Jr., who played Marvin Berry in the movie. Wow, how cool is that? A lot of other cool things in here. So, and of course, it benefits a great cause, which is uh, Parkinson's, you know, research to to end Parkinson's disease. So, it's a wonderful thing. So, I'll post a link in the show notes to this. So, thank you, John. It's a great suggestion. I love it. And I think our last email today will be from Brandon in Dallas, who writes, "Really enjoy the podcast. I just booked my first cruise on a Freedom Class ship, the Liberty of the Seas, out of Galveston next spring. This will be my fourth cruise overall, all on Voyager and Oasis class ships. Prior to this." I've seen the recent news regarding the water side that'll be added during the dry dock in January. Is there any other news on what, if any, revitalization they'll be doing on the ship while it's out of service? I think I read somewhere else that they'll remake Portofino into a Giovanni's table, but I was wondering also about the virtual balconies. I'll have an inside room for the first time on deck 10 and was hoping that I get the bonus of a balcony view 
at an inside stateroom price. Any info on this or other upgrades, I'd love to hear about them. Brandon, great question. So yes, they're going to be adding water slides to the Liberty of the Seas that we do know about. Otherwise, Royal Caribbean's been very quiet. Mum is the word on what details are coming to the ship. This, which is not all that untypical of what Royal Caribbean does. As an example, when Freedom of the Seas went underwent its refurbishment earlier this year, back in January. I mean, we I don't think we knew about anything that was going to happen until either the week before or the week after, like when we first came back out, they finally announced some some refurbishments. We know like everything coming to it and some refurbishments. We know nothing. This would be the latter in this case. So obviously any information that we have, Brandon, I will be posting at royalcaribbeanblog.com, but you should expect to hear about all the information, obviously, as you, well, by the time the refurbishment happens, you'll know about that. But I think it's probably a safe bet that Portofino will become Giovanni stable. That's a fleet-wide initiative that's been going on. I mean, basically, every ship that gets a refurbishment that had a Portofino's ends up coming back out with a Giovanni stable. It's just kind of the what the Royal Caribbean is doing these days in terms of swapping them out, so to speak. But I think you'll have a great time on there. And, of course, all the information I have, I'll be able to post for you at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And thank you to Brandon. And thank you to everybody else who sent in emails this week. Boy, I love doing these email shows. This is a lot of fun. We should do this more often where we just talk Royal Caribbean together and jump around different topics. It was a lot of fun, I got to say, and I really enjoyed it. So if you want to have your email read, of course, we've got lots of opportunity to read your emails, whether it be an email show or any show in general. We always read your emails. Send me an email, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, M-A-T-T at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Can't wait to read them. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.